Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Intentional Marriage Podcast. We are your hosts, Justin, me, and my beautiful and talented wife, Cresta. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about ways you can strengthen your relationship. You can join us each and every week for inspiring stories, practical advice, expert tips that you can use to make your partnership more successful. Thanks for tuning in. And we've got one of those experts today. We do. We have... I'm going to pronounce it wrong. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get close. It's Abigail Gimpel. How are you? You rocked it, Krista. Well done. <laughs> so awesome. tell us a little about you. Absolutely. So I am married 25 years just last week, actually. Oh, congratulations. And, isn't that nice? Yes, and, that's awesome. Uh, and uh, we have six children. And right now living in Israel, I'm New Yorker, I'm sure you could hear it. And uh, we've lived in Moscow, we're world travelers. And uh, all of those travels have definitely caused uh, challenges and strengthened our relationship. And I work with uh, couples who are struggling with ADHD challenges, as well as parents of children with ADHD. And I'm also an author and a college lecturer on the topic of ADHD. So I'd love to jump into a really interesting conversation with you. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, I guess we'll get right into it then. Yeah, absolutely. So how do couples where one or both of the uh, involved parties <laughs> <laughs> have ADHD, how do they manage a marriage? What's the best so, advice you can give? What I have seen is that when both uh, people in the relationship are struggling with ADHD symptoms, then it really makes for an extremely challenging relationship. And uh, I have less success there. And uh, I think the marriage has is, is usually much less successful. It doesn't last very long. But what I've seen very often is that people with ADHD symptoms tend to attract to people who are a little more stable, kind of like, my relationship with my husband, he is extremely ADHD, <laughs> uh, very, very energetic. He's, he's just, you know, he's all over the world all the time, travels a lot. And uh, he's the life of the party for sure. And uh, it's a lot of fun. He's a lot of fun. And uh, but I'm, I'm definitely the anchor here. Mm -hmm. So, for example, he'll say, let's go away for the weekend. And, you know, with six kids and a dog, it's, it's a big deal. So he has the <laughs> idea. He, he's, he's the inspiration guy. And then I kind of say, Oh, well, you know, that is a good idea because it's nice to have that kind of fly by the seat of the pants kind of person in your life with, who has the ideas. And I could pull it together and say, okay, I think that's doable. So this person will do that. that and, and I get it together and we can travel that way. Um, so our life has been a combination of spontaneous, his side, really fun and uh, <laughs> down to earth and making it work. That would be me. Uh, and so so those kind of couples I, I do a lot of, of work with. And um, I would say the, the first piece of advice that I give to the spouse that doesn't have ADHD symptoms is that your spouse is healthy. And uh, this is not like a pathological condition. It is a lack of habits. And it's certainly uh, a way of doing things that's very different. And 
really what we need to do is bridge the under uh, the gap by education, understanding each other. That's on, on let's, I'm going to use female male just because it makes it easier. So let's say on her side, uh, she needs to start understanding what this condition or what, what, what her husband, or it's equally a wife or a husband, by the way, I haven't seen it more in men or women. Uh, what, what's going on for them? What, what, uh, challenges they're facing and what path they're taking, as well as working with that person who has the ADHD symptoms and helping them gain those skills. Because it's not just about accepting the other person. Both members of the couple really have work to do and, and they're gaining new skills, gaining new patients. And the main, main issue here that I've seen over and over again is that the couple gets enmeshed with each other because the, let's say the husband is the one with the ADHD symptoms. So he really need, he relies on his wife too much for the stability and the wife will maybe rely on the husband too much for the out of the box kind of stuff. And they don't know how to separate and each be their own person first and then part of a couple. So what I find that when I'm able to kind of pry them apart, and let them each stand as their mm. own person, then their couplehood becomes really strong and beautiful. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's actually kind of cool. The way you describe that is pulling them apart. So, so, so that they almost operate in, independently, if I'm understanding you right, and then come together. Um, that's right. You know, cause that's, that's so important for people to understand that, that you've got to know who you are. You've got to understand yourself. And, and really that, that codependence sometimes can be problematic because you don't, it becomes a crutch more than stability. Mm -hmm. Right. I'll actually give you a good example uh, of one couple that I had worked with a couple of years ago where it was a wife with the ADHD symptoms. And she kind of lived in a miracle world where she was always running late, but always expecting a miracle. Like everything's (laughs) going to be okay. And, uh, and crazily enough, everything often things were worked out okay for her but then it it was which made it even worse because she never really had to take responsibility for anything because of these wonderful miracles that were always coming her way but her husband was part of the miracles that came her way and he (laughs) took on that role and uh and he was always enabling her to be very last minute and forget to do the laundry and not quite make it to work and all that stuff and it wasn't it wasn't helpful to either one of them because he was re- terribly resentful to her and she didn't grow up. And he finally came to, to me and said, you know, I feel like I'm living with a child. And he he was a little bit living with a child, but he was also enabling it. He yeah. was doing something for him as well, that, that <laughs> caretaking part. And yeah. I, I actually made him make a cold stop. You stop taking care of her. She's an adult. She, they have children. <laughs> they have a family. She's got to learn to do this. And I'll support her. You need to start being your own person. You need to get up in the morning and get out to work and not worry if she's going to manage to take the the kids kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the beginning, it was brutal because she was just <laughs> abandoned and, and so broken over this, this break in their relationship. And then she grew up. And it was uh, really a nice process at that point. But he had to pull back and stop fixing the situation in order for it to work. Yeah. Yep. yep. Men are definitely, uh, they, they want to be fixers. 
Yeah, absolutely. A uh, quick question, slight, not, not really off topic, but a, a term we hear a lot today is a uh, neurodivergent. Is that synonymous with ADHD or is that different in and of itself? So neurodivergent is kind of an umbrella term. And okay. we're talking about autism spectrum, ADHD. It's a term I don't particularly like. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a pharmaceutical uh, um, created term because okay. what what they're what they're saying is there's something wrong with the brain. Neurodivergent. There's something different about the brain. Right. Uh, and you know, if that were the case, and, and theoretically, it's meant to reduce stigma. So yeah. we have, uh, because it, it, it's not a broken brain, it's a divergent brain, it's a different brain. The problem with it is that they, with all the studies that they've done, and, and we're all quite convinced that they have found this divergence in the brain, but they haven't. <laughs> and that's not the reason why people are behaving the way they are in in the autism spectrum case very often it's not the brain at all there's there's all sorts of gut issues and with adhd we'll see that there are many many different reasons why a person will behaving the way be behaving the way they are from lack of skills to uh, to um uh, trauma and abuse to um, gut issues as well. There's so many reasons and most likely it's not neurodivergency. And the okay. reason neurodivergency works very well is because when you're neurodivergent, we need to tamper with your brain with, okay. uh, yes. So so it's not a term I ever use. Okay, that that's actually good to know because it's a term Crest and I ran into uh, probably about a month or two ago. And somebody was describing me as neurodivergent and and I did some looking into it and I'm like, I don't think I'm autistic at all. And and that's kind of the the thing that kept popping up. And and so I, yeah. I you know, and they're like, no, you're just ADHD. And I and I was like, uh, I don't know. So I'm glad I'm glad you <laughs> clarified that for us because that makes a lot of sense. Right. You know, and we and we now can start looking into it differently. Yes, ab yeah. absolutely. So what kind of strategies can couples use to to have them stay focused on things like finances and parenting and some of those things when they're dealing with the ADHD as well? Well, I'm not against the member of the couple who's better at keeping the books um, that they do that, like that, that the other one is involved. But the one that has a stronger sense be more and more in charge of certain things. I, I think a division of labor is a beautiful thing. And if one person cooks better than the other, then then and then enjoys it, then go for it. Um, but in terms of child care, they both have to be involved. And, right. and no one no one gets to have a pass. Right. And uh, what what interestingly, I've I've read many articles talking about moms with ADHD and saying that that specifically they have a higher level of empathy toward their children and they're able to bond better with their mm. children. So it seems like it, but they're a little more boundaryless, which is problematic because <laughs> yes. you need to have clear rules and expectations for, for children. And, mm. uh, and therefore that that's something that I coach couples through. 
the, the bonding is so important and it's really at the center, but because of that, that overwhelming empathy, I really generally have to train them on the rules and the follow through and uh, not feeling sorry for your children and therefore turning them into sorry children. Uh, mm -hmm. I do recommend that any couple that's dealing with an issue where they're not great at boundaries or their communication's not smooth and therefore their children are hearing a lot of fighting, arguing and childish mm -hmm. bickering that they get help right away because you, if you're going to bring children into the world, you really do need to raise them in a home where, where they're not having to suffer with, mm -hmm. with strife, you know, having to always be scared or mommy and daddy going to get divorced. Um, but they can yeah. make great parents. This is not a situation where I'd say, Oh no, you got it. You've been diagnosed with ADHD. Don't have kids, have kids, have plenty of kids. It's right. wonderful. You can do this. But get a coach, get someone, or even have uh, relatives and friends who are looking in and, and giving advice. I, I'll give this advice to any parent, but specifically when you are maybe more emotional, it's better to have someone to help you balance that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what kind of struggles do parents maybe who don't have ADHD but have children with ADHD have? Um, because that's kind of probably something new for them that Obviously, they haven't experienced personally, but they have this child that that's str struggling with it. What kind of advice can can you give for parents in, in that type of situation? Right. So I I would be that mom. Most of my <laughs> kids were diagnosed with ADHD, and the only reason not all of them are diagnosed with ADHD is because I, I stopped getting them diagnosed at some point. So I it, it probably all of them would have been had I carried on in the system. Um, and uh, I think the first thing that hit me was that I suddenly felt like my kids were disordered and it knocked mm. the wind out of me. And that was devastating. And for any parent whose child is diagnosed, I would say, take a deep breath. Your child is healthy. Something's mm. going on here. And I always invite parents to really take a journey of curiosity and find out what's happening for their child instead of just, you know, going with the gospel. That's like, you know, there's something wrong with the brain and this is what we have to do to fix it. That's, yeah. that's number one is calm yourself down, healthy child. What's happening here. Just like if a child was not learning very well at school, you'd want to find, you wouldn't say dumb child. You would say, Oh, maybe there's a learning disability here. And mm -hmm. then you would investigate with ADHD, for some reason, we skip the investigation. And and I don't like that. Right. Because the, the diagnosis takes, what, between 15 minutes and two hours. If you're really lucky, you get that two hours. And there's no curiosity there. And, this, and, and we're not really trying to figure the child out. And the second stage really is to, to get fully. Oh, oh, wait. Before we get focused on the child, we also have to check in with ourselves. A lot of times as parents, we think that it's our fault that mm -hmm. we, you know, had only, if, especially if we don't have ADHD ourselves, we're like, well, I didn't have this problem. So I'm, I'm breaking my children. What am I doing wrong? You're not doing anything wrong. You just need to learn more. And mm -hmm. we can't possibly know how to raise every single type of child until we have the child. I always joke around that I have six PhDs because each one of my children like <laughs> got me back to the books and I'm writing right. a dissertation on every one of them. So don't expect yourself to know everything because you can't. And yeah. check it with yourself. See what kind of baggage you're carrying 
that's making you feel bad about your parenting. Check in if you're letting your children walk all over you and you're letting them lead and you're cowering in the corner or following them. Is the balance of power in your in your home on or are the child the children too dominant, which would also exacerbate the ADHD symptoms? Mm-hmm. And finally, <clears throat> this is a new trip. This is a new kind of child with a new kind of challenge. Get educated. Learn what there is to do. That's what I did. That's how I landed up writing the two books was because I really didn't know who to turn to. The pediatrician wasn't equipped to give me advice. And um, I found that therapists didn't fully understand the challenges of a a kid with ADHD. So I had to start doing my own research. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are a lot of very good interventions. And that's what I landed up writing about, the interventions that I actually used in my own home. And all the advice that I got from other people as well, but we have to get help with this. Yeah. Right. Right. A- absolutely. From, from what I've experienced and I haven't experienced a whole lot of, of ADHD, but there's no two uh, people that have it. They're, they're not ever the same. Like it's different in and presents different in everybody. Exactly. And of my six kids, <laughs> none of them present the same. Hence the six <laughs> PhDs. There's the six PhDs. Yeah. That's right. And often, by the way, it's you're going to have a another term I don't like, a comorbidity of uh, learning disabilities there, too. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, and another one that pops up a lot is uh, addiction. So mm. kids with ADHD symptoms tend to also land up getting sucked into their screens and yes. sucked into pornography more than yeah. any other kid. So parents, lock the phones, yeah. protect your kids' eyes. Yeah. They're going to get to it no matter what, but at least be there for them and help them get through it and try to steer them in different directions, get them outside the house, get them playing outdoors, make play dates. Don't leave your children to their own devices, literally, um, yeah. when it comes when it comes to a kid with ADHD, because they they definitely have more of a leaning toward addictive behavior. You know, that that's a good point you bring up. My 17 year old son, uh, we were told when he was probably first or second grade that he was ADHD. And of course, the f- the first thing out of the doctor's mouth was medication. And yeah. we're like, we're like, no, that that that's not going to work. And. It it was a constant process of, you know, to your point, the addiction, the screen time, things like that of, all right, you, you can have your phone 15, 20, 20 minutes a day. And there was a lot of work that went into that. But now as a senior in high school, he's involved in everything. I mean, he's student council president. He plays sports, multiple uh, sports, multiple dance sports throughout team, the year, dance team. Deca. He is just extremely involved because he has learned that that's how he has to keep himself uh going i guess you could say or or keep keep himself involved otherwise he just sits there with nothing to do and he's anxious when he doesn't have anything to do mm-hmm. well you guys are remarkable because uh, most parents including myself uh did go the medication route with the i i medicated three of my children and uh you know, I'm not going to say, I, I will say I regret it, but I can't live with no regrets. I can't live with regrets because everything is the way it's meant to be, but it was not a blessing for my children at all. 
and they didn't flourish when they were on the medication. And it wasn't for many, many years. It was for a limited amount of time because then I started learning and studying and trying to figure out what was going on because I saw they weren't flourishing. But mm -hmm. that was the only intervention that the doctor offered. And it's the only intervention that the doctor offers to most parents. And I'm very impressed that you had this gut instinct to shy away from it. And uh, that's so rare and so special. And the fact that you were able to steer your son into an active life of being with sports and using his mind and the dancing. I love the dancing part because uh, <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so, I mean, my girls are all dancers, but, but and I would love, love to, to push my boys into dancing, but they were too macho to do that. <laughs> and we need some good boy dancers too, to balance things out. Yep. Uh, but I, I do feel like, like, uh, and that was the other reason that, that I, I took the time to, to write. It was not a natural instinct for me because parents don't get offered other solutions. And especially the poorer parents mm. can't afford coaching of any yeah. sort. That's the only solution they get. So I felt right. like I needed to, to give them something that they could just open a book and read it from, from cover to cover and know what to do and have the alternative to, to medication. And just one more thing, you guys could both pat yourselves on the back because it turns out that kids that are, that are diagnosed with ADHD and do not medicate have an edge over their medicated, their medicated peers and, mm -hmm. um, checking in after three years. So oh, wow. your son is, is yeah. So the, the medicated kids land up having more depression, more dropout rates, uh, less social skills. And uh, so you, you've done a beautiful thing for your son. Well, that that's good to know. Um, <laughs> is I, I guess the next natural question is, is medication ever the right course for ADHD specifically? I almost never recommend it. Okay. I, I've only recommended it in cases where I try to help the the person or or the parents to coach their own child to get out and exercise, to change their diet, to look into emotional uh, processes, get into get out into nature, dance, mm -hmm. do art, horseback riding, all that stuff, and and also helping them uh, develop skills and habits that are healthy. If the child couldn't do any of that. And I only had two cases where the kid had to be studying for 14 hours a day. And there was no chance of the kid exercising. And he was too embarrassed to change his diet because somehow that wasn't cool in front of all of his friends. In that case, I'm like, I have nothing else to offer. I guess you're going to have to go with the Ritalin. Mm -hmm. But in other cases, the only way I would recommend Ritalin kind of is like a Band-Aid. When the, everything's going poorly for the child, the teacher is yelling at the kid all day, the kid's bailing out of everything, not making friends. I would say take a month or two to just mm -hmm. bring down all these energies. And while you're doing that, let's implement the program. Yeah. Okay. But otherwise, I, I wouldn't use it. <laughs> I have found that it's very useful for jet lag. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is. So uh, if if people want to find out more about you and your program, where where can they go? You can uh, go directly to my website, which is hyperhealing.org. And uh, there you can write to me. I'm always happy to respond. You could uh, sign up for my newsletter. I send out all sorts of good free information, uh, videos, uh, even on the website itself. I have a free 
uh, downloadable ebook, and there's also quizzes. Oh, you know what, Justin, you can you can uh, take the quiz and see find out Actually, if you really are today. ADHD. Uh, <laughs> uh, because, uh, and, and it actually, it's not a test to see if you are ADHD or not. We've got enough of those online. I don't need to add to that, but what I do, uh, help people with when they take the quiz is direct them toward the cause of their ADHD symptoms. And this okay. way you can really start your journey properly. Um, so that's, that's very useful for that. You can also find me obviously on Instagram. I have a YouTube channel, which is hyper healing mom on LinkedIn. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, the, the YouTube channel, I have a bunch of videos there. I, I updated not so frequently because I'm just busy, but right. uh, there's a lot of free information there as well that you can tap into. And my full uh, diet, the 30 day challenge, which I highly recommend to people who have a, a um, ADHD symptoms, as well as any physiological symptoms that they definitely should go to that. And that's downloadable also on my website. Well, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So if any of our listeners are struggling with ADHD, wh whether you yourself or your kids, I highly recommend. Or if there's any suspicion. Yeah. Any go suspicion. Find go find out. Uh, we'll have all the information in the show notes um, so so that our list listeners are able to get a hold of you. But uh, it's really been a joy talking to you. Absolutely. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, yeah, we hope you well, guys. Thank are. you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So we hope you guys have a great day and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Have a good day.